Greg Newland doing the music today. They have CDs of. Do you have CDs available today? They have them with them. They have CDs available if you're interested in their music. So, good morning. I'm Reverend Megan Dake Morrell. I'm the assistant minister here, and I'm standing in today for uh, Reverend, Reverend Debbie McDonald, who's away on a well-needed and I'm sure much-enjoyed vacation. So uh, today we, uh, well, boy, this wants to get out first. Did you know that it was National Dog Day? It's a dog day afternoon today. So <laughs> it's also, it's also National Women, Women's Equality Day. So you're probably going to think I'm biased being a woman and having a dog when I say that you can't live without either one. <laughs> and literally, you can't live without a woman, right? We're all here because of a woman. Um, yeah, that went deep really fast. So <laughs> I am here to actually talk about this philosophy. And uh, we are following our whole organization, which is over 400 centers, are following an annual program. I guess about half of us are following it, where we have an annual theme, a monthly theme, and a weekly theme. And so the annual theme is 100 years of science of mind taking it to the streets. And we're following throughout the year the book called Living the Science of Mind, which is based on a series of lectures given by Dr. Ernest Holmes. This month is Spiritual Mind Treatment, The Form. And this week is Simple Acceptance. This is the last week of Treatment, The Form. I don't know if Reverend uh, Debbie has decided if we're going to follow the next one, which is more treatment. Um, and we get a lot of treatment at the beginning of the year, so we'll see. Um, and before I dive in, I really do want to acknowledge, because somehow his character is an example of some of the things I'm going to talk about today, the passing of Senator McCain. Um, he died, for those of you that don't know, he passed. He transitioned on Saturday. And it doesn't matter what his party affiliation was to me. What matters a lot is when I heard him speak at our daughter's graduation from Arizona State University, he was a keynote speaker. And I had my own kind of foregone conclusions because of his party affiliation. And I'm not going to say what they were one way or the other. What I was really moved by was that I was listening to a man who had been through hell and back um, for his values, for his ideas. And again, it, if you take the kind of partisan spin off of it, if you take the stories you have about the stories off of it, and you look at somebody who was actually willing to not just die, spent five years being tortured in uh, Vietnamese prison, um, who was not just willing to die for his values. He wasn't going to do the easy out that was offered him because he didn't want to leave until everybody came with him that was imprisoned with him. So, and that's just a little bit. The man talked about listening to his own conscience and moving from his own center regardless of whether it was for or against or in alignment with the party he belonged to, 
he stood boldly in the center of who he was, and he moved from there, best I could tell. And now that he's transitioned, I can't really find out for sure. But it's a good fantasy for me to align myself with, to have that level of conviction about life and the lives of others around me, and to move into it. So, back to our topic for today, simple acceptance. And before I move into simple acceptance, we'll just kind of go through the past three weeks. The first week, we worked on how to give a mind treatment. And just so I know who I'm talking into the room, how many people know there are five steps in spiritual mind treatment? Yeah, well, there are enough of you that don't know that, that I will say our form of prayer called spiritual mind treatment or affirmative prayer most recently has five steps to it. And I don't remember that, that are you, the thing that Debbie used. Are you ready to receive? I never learned it that way. It's um, recognition of who we are, the truth of who, well, no, the truth of who God is. The um, you is unity. Do you recognize your unity with all that is? You are that stuff that God stuff, the essence of God, light, life, joy, beauty, peace, power, and love. It's all you could ever be. Realization is the object of your movement, the, the thing you desire in the moment, self-esteem, new car, whatever it is. The encouragement is to get in touch with the feeling you want to have as a result of having what you're looking for. The next step is gratitude. I call it the acceptance step. It wasn't taught to me that way, but as I've moved through this organization, I just have to say hi to Carmen. Hi, Carmen. As I move through the organization, as I've moved through this philosophy, what I realize is that the acceptance, I am thankful for accepting and receiving what I'm naming. And I'll talk a little bit more about why well, A, how that can feel kind of like you're making it up, you're pretending, you're hoping that what you're knowing is coming true, will come true. But really, there's a way to be in the actual acceptance that it's already here, even though you can't see it, right? So the final step in our five-step prayer treatment is we release it. Okay, I've put this together for you. Take it and run with it. All that is, law, spirit, God, whatever you call it. That thing that's constantly creating and expanding. We turn what we want over to that. And I will tell you that there hasn't been a thing that I haven't turned over into the hands of the divine that hasn't returned to me, multiplied more than by what I turned over. It never came back short. Never has my word come back to me short. So, five-step mind treatment. We recognize what God is. We recognize who we are by unifying with it. State what we want. Accept with gratitude and release. The second week, how treatment deals with thought, talks about we're dealing with thoughts and never people. We're treating for the way that we're thinking about things and not the things themselves. 
Because in reality, the truth of who we are, which we will again get to in just a moment, um, in the truth of who we are, we already have it. We already, there is no flaw. Emma Curtis Hopkins will say, says, she's not here to will say it, but Emma Curtis Hopkins said, you have never erred. You've never done anything wrong. And you might have a yeah but in there. Yeah but your latest whatever you did. And then there's the, and how can she say so and so? It's not wrong when they... Well, because if you're talking about this visceral, physical life that you see being all there is, then there's going to be black and white and judgment. But she's talking about the truth of who you are never did anything. It's impossible that it could do anything other than be the presence of love. I like to say we can't give love we can give attention and affection, but we are love. How can we give what we are? We share attention and affection as an expression of the love that we are. So I'm getting off track. In any case, second week we deal with thought, and it's always our thinking that we're dealing with. It's always our thinking that needs correction or enhancing our unbelief, right? And then week three... Last week, Reverend Debbie talked about affirmations and denials. And she talked about the denials allow us to acknowledge what's appearing so that we're not in this statement of pretending again, right? Because when we're using this treatment, we want to be as far from pretending as we're expressing this as possible because the whole efficacy of treatment is relying on your conviction and your belief and your intelligent. So you need to be coming from the place that you can actually believe from. You need to find and identify that and then be coming from that. And so when you have a broken arm, how many of us can look at the like bones mismatched, maybe jutting out of the skin, sorry to get so graphic, but really, how many of us, I can't, look at that and say that arm is whole, perfect, and complete and actually mean it on every level, right? And so when we're kind of trying to BS ourselves about that, because that's what it says we're supposed to do, then we've totally, we're, we're not there yet. Because what all of this is asking us to do is shift our belief in what reality is, in what we are. And as long as we believe that it's just this, the carpet, the wood, the thing that makes a sound when you hit it, you're, you're screwed, basically. <laughs> I'm going to preach only to Christy because I love her responses. <laughs> Really, though, I remember when I um, changed careers, I left corporate life to be a body worker. And I went into the world of self-employed. And that's like living in a suspense drama if you don't have this philosophy and the conviction that you're always taken care of. Because you don't always know how many clients are going to show up and if your marketing worked and if you'll pay rent. 
you, you're kind of in the hands of this flow. And I don't know how I did it back then, except that I had what's called mustard seed faith. This teeny tiny kernel of, if you're not there, I am so screwed. And, um, you know, looking at rents due in a week and a half every single time. Every single time I had more than I needed. That was 100% of the time. To continue to live in the doubt and the consciousness that I would be failed by that givingness would, was ludicrous. I recognized that even then. Ludicrous to doubt. 100% of the time, I had exactly what I needed. I'm looking at a room for a full of people, in a, as a matter of fact, who, in my opinion, have all made it through everything they're going through or have been through by the nature of the fact that you're sitting here. And you may not think you've made it, but I know that in your mind you have a choice of which identity you accept. If it's all just this, or if you're so much more than this, having an experience as this physical stuff, right? And we can switch our identity in a minute. It just takes one thought to move us from one mood to the next, from one state of being to the next. Does everybody have an experience of that? One thought. And your grief can be over, sadness can be over. One thought. So, I believe we were in week three and denials and affirmations. And I'm pulling myself back to simple acceptance. And when I say acceptance, do most of us go to the place of that self-acceptance thing? I'm fine with my warts and my triumphs. Is that, do you all know that kind of self-acceptance? Do we, does it feel pretty simple to be in that self-acceptance? Yeah? Can, no? <laughs> no? <laughs> There's an honest one, Reverend Doris. <laughs> <laughs> no, for, for most of us, we know we can go in those rocky places, but there's this kind of medium place where we've learned to be okay with life, right? So now I'm going to tell you that this simple acceptance isn't about that. It's not about being okay with just being okay. The simple acceptance I'm inviting you to consider, and many of you have already, is acceptance of the fact, like Emma Curtis Hopkins was saying, the truth of who you are has always been light, love, joy, beauty, peace, power, and life. That your personality has done things, and the things that it has done it has done because it accepts limitation and therefore must have fear and all the byproducts of limitation. It accepts that this is the stuff that you have to manipulate and work, that that person is the thing that you have to move. When you have accepted this, like I said before, you are kind of, and I'd love to make you giggle again, but I'm not going to say screwed. No, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> So, the simple acceptance is that you are part of a power and presence 
That's all you are that is expansive and that knows only good. That as you start to accept what you have at your disposal because of that, it's not just choice. It's like an exponential leap in the quality of your life. And I know that, that in my gut of guts, I have more days than not where it's a nice idea that I'm all God, that every cell of me is God-formed and God stuff. It's a nice idea, but I can't feel it. And I came across this example in researching for this sermon from a Reverend Jill Brocklehurst. She gave a sermon probably about two years ago, and we've got all our sermons floating around, so I, I snatched this from hers. She gave an example of the givingness of life, which might be a little bit easier to wrap our minds or our bodies or our hands around, because it's so visceral to me. She talked about a lush, Jungle. Just picture an overgrown, lush jungle. Everybody know the obnoxiousness of vines gone wild? They can wrap around everything. I know I have gardeners in the audience. That, that level of kind of life happening. And then we come along and we decide a city would look good there. So we kind of mow things down, clear them out, root them out. But you can never de delete all of it, right? You clear enough space for this concrete jungle. And you put up the concrete jungle. And if you take your eyes for one minute off of pruning and keeping life back from the jungle, from this dense concrete, it will grow right back over it. It'll seep up through the cracks in the sidewalk. It'll come around the edges where the city is not anymore. And if you look away long enough, it can delete that city. And fairly rapidly, if you look at millions of years, it, those, those bushes, those vines, they grow. They will be there. And life is that. Life is that givingness. We can put the cemented limiting belief in there, we can infuse our thoughts with our doubts, but I don't just kind of believe this. I know that the givingness of life will eventually create conditions that will cause you to blast through those limiting beliefs, through some crisis, through some meeting, through some awareness. The, the givingness and expansion of life the goodness that is wanting to express, that's always there, that's always ready to overtake our limiting beliefs if we just give it a mustard seed crack to come through. Loosen our convictions a little bit about what reality is. The reality is it may look like I'm not going to meet my rent. I can't accept that as a body worker, and I was praying to an Episcopalian-flavored God at the time, and um, just barely in that, and I had heard somebody say somewhere 
that sometimes the most effective prayer is help as long as you mean it. So that uttered help was enough. It's that mustard seed. It's how much do you mean it? How much do you believe it? How much good can you accept? This stuff only comes at the size of our consciousness, right? If I have a Mercedes consciousness, I can't have the Range Rover in the way that I want to have the Range Rover. It'll keep running out of gas or I'll run out of money to fix it. If I am the Range Rover, I get the Range Rover. You can talk to me afterwards for further uh, deepening of that idea. So we get what we pray from. We want to always be realizing from the agreement that what we want is already in us. So that brings me to the second form of acceptance that is part of this simple acceptance that I'm inviting you to consider. That when you're using the five-step prayer, or even if you're not doing all five steps, if you go, yeah, yeah, I know we're all one, that's okay. The only reason we go through all that is to convince us. We're not like checking off a tick mark for the eternal. <laughs> we're all one, check. I'm part of you, check. Can I have this? So um, <laughs> what I'm asking for in this next level of acceptance, to consider that Let's see, who has something they want? A state of being, a job, a car? Who has something? Nobody's going to raise that. Christy, go ahead. Ah, do you know what it means to be a better teacher? Okay. Can you, infinite patient with your first graders, do you mind if I repeat you out loud? So, so it doesn't feel like you have that right now, right? But when you close your eyes and breathe into being that, closing your eyes, breathing in, can you see yourself as that teacher? Yeah. In that moment, are you that teacher? Uh-huh. Can you accept that? Thank you. That's what I mean. You are not lying. Everything that came here was there first. Everything, the thing you're sitting on, it was that thought first, that accepted thought first. I accept this. So when we say thank you, when we get to the gratitude, I accept this. Thank you. I am grateful to have the process of creation unfolding within me as this word for my life. May it enhance the rest, right? That's where we go, that level of acceptance, because we get to be the host of the thought, and eventually we get to be the holder of the form. Right? And so I've heard there is no unanswered prayer, and I would also say that's one of those things that I absolutely know and don't just believe. That at some level, at some time, if you're not having what you are waiting for and demonstration in life, 
then it just means that your timing sucks and the divine has a different plan. It doesn't mean that it's not happening. It's not answered prayer till the prayer is answered. Period. And if you're getting impatient, I, can I recommend a few puzzles? I mean, really, we've got all the time in the world. You're here till you're not. And so once that prayer is answered, it's not really going to make a difference whether it was two seconds from now or 10 years from now. Because I'll tell you, the moment that it's answered, the moment that you receive what you've been asking for, you'll get, because all, you've all been in this. You wanted it then, but you got it here. But when I got it, it was perfect. How many people know that state? It just, it, when it came, it was perfect, right? So none of this is new. We know this, but we kind of set it aside. And when we do, life gets a little slower and stretched out and a little more complicated. It kind of wakes us up to what we already know. And then we accept again the fact that this is fine, that we're good Dr. Holmes used an example in um, a mind treatment paper that he wrote uh, for practitioners. And he talked about the givingness of spirit, likened it to a parent and child relationship. And he says, imagine a child asking for a glass of water. And I would add, while the parent is standing right next to the sink. Imagine that parent saying, no, no water, can't give it to you. The child would be shocked. The parent would probably be shocked. The other thing he says is it's in the parent to give to that child what the child asks for, to be the givingness that it eventually comes to know as the givingness of spirit. So again, food for helping us get to that level of you're here, you don't have all the answers. Are you willing to trust you're in a sea of answers? And that as you relax, your grip on what you think is true, as you relax your certainty that your fear might be right or that your suspicion might be, I know that there's a little bit of it that's true. Who cares? Do you want it to be true? I don't want my suspicions to be right. I don't want, unless they're about whatever's coming around the corner full of whatever I need, but really, that, that mind that will offer up, I've been reading the five-second rule, and she talks about, uh, Mel Robbins talks about, it takes five seconds for your mind to sabotage a good idea if you don't move on it. Five, four, three, two, one, counting backwards, stops the forward momentum of what you're in, go, and you go. And you have to move your body. That's the whole principle of that. But what I'm, what I'm using that to refer to is, she points out, research shows, it takes less than five seconds for your mind to hijack your ideas. So we have to be ready and accept that all the ideas, all the answers are right here, and then we have to move on them. We have to move in the direction of them somehow. 
You are in an abundance of the right ideas. So I'm going to begin winding this down and remind you that it's not answered prayer until the prayer is answered. And that I would inquire into what it is in us when we are in that, uh, I want it now, place that thinks that we have the oversight to know how all this is organized. To know that the, there is chaos, but yet on another level there's absolute organization in the chaos. There's a name for that. Uh, fractal images, I think, is based on that whole theory for those of you who know that. In any case, your prayer is always answered. Okay, so I'm just gonna switch on because I'm really running out of time and I've gotta read this and then give you your homework. Somebody said to me once, I love how you always give us homework. So now you're doomed to homework for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> Genevieve Berand, in, and I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing her name right, found a, a father of our teachings, Thomas Troward, in the 20s, dearly wanted to study at his feet, literally, but he was in London. Um, and she was here, and she, she used his principles to get to him, and her becoming his student was her demonstration that his work worked. So she wrote this. Abundance, every growing thing is amply provided for. The grass and trees and other growing things do not know poverty. In the soil, in the air, in the sunshine, there is an abundance of nourishment for all. Think about this great fundamental truth because it applies to you also. Wherever you may be, whatever your situation in life may be, the creator of life has just as amply provided for you as it has for the grass, the birds, all of nature. It's not source's fault that all do not express or manifest this bounty. People are as poor or will soon be as rich as they accept for themselves in consciousness. Everything that your individual nature may require has already been provided for. One has only to accept it, first in consciousness, then in fact. That's that movement part. Treat and move your feet. If you've accepted it as a fact, you'll start gathering the materials that that teacher would have on her desk, right? That movement into the word already being done. Your steady recognition of this fact forms a veritable magnet in the mind, which will attract every requirement to you not as money that will drop into your lap without effort, but as ideas which, when acted upon, will yield an abundant harvest. Okay, so for the week, and this is, these three things are adapted from the reading for this week, uh, simple acceptance. Accept more and more that you are dealing with an eternal presence which, when called upon, responds to you. And you can just let your mind wander about what that's like. Maybe ask a question, what's it like to be dealing with an internal presence? When you give a mental treatment, you feel that all the power there is in the universe is flowing into your word. Imagine what that's like. 
all the power of the universe is responding to you having an idea or a request for more ideas. Let go of the mental images which you dislike and cling to only those which are more nearly after our heart's desire. Who cares what so-and-so did? We can't care if we're going to have more and more good coming to us unrestricted. We can't care. It doesn't matter. It can't matter. This attention is golden that we have, and wherever we point it, it grows. Who cares if it's not in alignment with your dream and your who you came to be? Drop it. Thank you.